Welcome to Wildly Wealthy Life, the show that's all about exploring the different paths to a life of freedom and fulfillment and how that ripples through your personal life, family life, and to the community. Join husband and wife power couple Lee and Kat Hughes as they share people's stories from different backgrounds and lifestyles about what it means to live a life well-lived. Tune in and take that first step to becoming the best version of yourself, personally and professionally, here on Wildly Wealthy Life. Understanding the concept of roadblocks. If there's a roadblock, how are you going to get over it? Every day there's problems. It's not just in my finance world, in my restaurant world, it's in my children, being a mom, it's being, you know, navigating through school, it's for them, navigating through our business together, and it's never giving up when that roadblock is there and figuring out, hey, how are you going to jump above it or go around it or blow it up, I guess. (laughs) No matter what, be humble and be kind to everyone. doesn't matter who they are. You never know who you're talking to. You could be talking to the producer's son. You don't know. You don't know who somebody is. So even if you're not a nice person, it's a good rule of thumb to be nice to everybody. But I think that was something that I really took from my upbringing is like, you give everybody an equal chance and you're, you're kind to everybody and it, it comes back, you know? Hi, welcome to another episode of Wildly Wealthy Life. My name is Lee and this is my lovely wife, Kat. Kat, what is going to be special about our next 25 episodes? Our next 25 episodes are going to feature only women guests, so powerhouse women across different industries, from athletes to elite entertainers to entrepreneurs, CEOs, real estate investors, educators, just so many varied, amazing women guests for the next 25 episodes. We just wanted to feature all amazing women, so make sure you tune in. It's going to be fun. (laughs) And Kat, who do we have on today? Today, we have Lisa Newman and Heidi Moneymaker from Fierce Lotus. Really, really excited to chat with them today because these women are two badass women warriors. Lisa Newman is the chief financial officer of a huge restaurant chain called Baja Sharky's Restaurant Group. She's a fitness trainer and a mom of two boys. Heidi Moneymaker is an actress and a very successful stunt woman whose work you've seen on great action films like John Wick 2, the Marvel series, and Hunger Games. And both of them are very passionate about living a well balanced life through fitness, nutrition, and stillness. So Heidi and Lisa, thank you for joining us here today. Yes, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. We're really excited to be on the show. Yeah. So um, we'll get started with whoever wants to start first. Can you just tell us about just your journey? Like what was your background? How'd you get started and uh, to where you are now? Just, you know, a little brief uh, background. So I started uh, teaching fitness classes when I was 18, when I was going to UCLA, and I was uh, studying econ there and um, business, and so I was always had a passion for fitness and finance, and that kind of led to continuing fitness throughout my entire life, as well as being behind a computer, crunching numbers, making sure that the restaurants were profitable, etc. So those two elements in my life were so important that... Um, I just had always wanted to keep them key priorities. So when I woke up, I would work out. That was kind of like brushing my teeth. I'd get up, brush my teeth, work out before I'd sit behind my computer. Because, I mean, you, if you're in finance, you're in front of a computer, you're crunching numbers, and you're sitting a lot all day long. So people could never figure out, wow, you're an, you're an accountant? Like, how are you so fit? Most accountants are, you know, they don't ever get up and move. And that was one thing I really try and push when um, – 
you know, two people, two people in business that are sitting all day because it is about moving, getting your body flowing. And sometimes you can just get in a rut and you want to finish this project and mm -hmm. it doesn't happen because you don't have that fitness um, mm -hmm. factor involved. During my journey after I graduated college and um, was working, I had two boys and that was a whole nother spin when I started becoming a mom. And, um, that again, you you get pregnant and you try and figure out, hey, should I keep working out? How am I going to maintain my not only the my physical appearance but also the energy level? Because I would worked all through my present uh, pregnancy. Because as a, a businesswoman and an uh, entrepreneur, I don't just hey, I'm on maternity leave. That didn't really right. work for me. It was <laughs> work. So yeah. um, to make sure I kept my energy up, I kept working out. And you know, when I was pregnant, I was obviously mod modifying my workouts. We weren't doing hit workouts, but I was walking and getting on the bike and things like that to make me um, feel balanced. So that's kind of my, where my journey started. It's awesome. Yeah. I started flipping around when I was a tiny little kid and jumping off things. Actually, it was more a stunt woman before I was a gymnast. Actually, I was dump, like jumping off bunk beds and banging my head everywhere and going crazy. <laughs> So my parents were, were like this crazy kid that never sleeps and has all the energy in the world is going to kill herself and us. So they <laughs> found this local gymnastics gym and thought, well, this would be a good place for her to get all her energy out. And so I started gymnastics right when I was around five. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember when I was like six or something watching the 1984 Olympics and seeing Mary Lou Retton win a gold. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, from that moment on, I was pretty psychotic when it came to <laughs> training. I was like, I'm going to be in the Olympics. So made junior Olympic team, but never made an Olympic team. Um, but I did earn a scholarship to UCLA. We're both Berlin's. <laughs> um, and I did gymnastics on the UCLA gymnastics team, which was pretty life-changing for me um, for many reasons. I didn't grow up with, you know, our family didn't have a lot of money. I, they, my parents worked so very incredibly hard side jobs and everything just so that they could pay for gymnastics. So when I got to UCLA and realized that, you know, I had, you know, obviously with my parents' help, but I had opened all these doors for myself. And I, I realized that there's just endless options in this world. You just have to work hard and find the right avenue. I won four national championships when I was there, two individual, and then we won two team. We set a bunch of records. We had this amazing team, amazing group of women, and just was, it was really one of the most special times in my life. Um, and when I graduated and I had to quit gymnastics at 22, which is things been in my life since I was five, I didn't know what, what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do because yeah. obviously I was going to keep being physical and training and everything because you're an athlete, you're an athlete, but like, where do you go from here? I feel like your life's over. And uh, luckily I, uh, I found stunt work, had a couple friends who gotten into the business that were gymnasts and kind of like helped me get some jobs, basically doubling girls doing gymnastics stuff. Cause I didn't really know what I was doing at first. And before you know it, I was, you know, learning martial arts and driving cars and doubling big actors and doing crazy stuff. Um, but my first big job was Charlie's angels full throttle. And I got to be one of the doubles for Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. And I got to do a ton of stunts and I realized like, oh, I can still be an athlete. Yeah. There's a career there for me somewhere. Um, and so that's kind of what led me down into the film path um, and kept me going as the athlete that I am. And then one day I was training with friend, a kickboxing, kickboxing instructor that I used to go and take, you know, privates from and stuff. And 
he kept saying, there's this girl I train. You got to meet her. She's, she's just like you. She's crazy. She wants to train like for hours. You know, you should really meet her. And finally, after, I don't know, a few times of him saying that, I was like, okay, well, maybe, why don't we do a, why don't you invite her and we'll do a private lesson together. And so Lisa walks in the door and we do a kickboxing private together and started training together mm-hmm. and realized like, oh, we, we complement each other very well. And the training program we have right now, the workout program, the action star workout program we have is a hybrid fitness program that we created by just working out with each other and creating the best workout for us and how we like to train and what worked well for our body type. And at some point after like a year or so, you know, we're like, we should, we should share this because all of our friends are like, we want to train with you. We love what you guys are doing. So anyway, that was my journey and actually how we ended up meeting and getting together and starting Fierce Lotus Fitness. Really cool. Yeah, that's really awesome. cool. Now, both of you guys, which what's really nice, and I think where maybe some of the compliments come off of is you guys both grew up kind of differently, it sounds like, from a like a finance and uh, understanding money background in that. Could both of you share a little bit of like some of the experiences you had with money or your, your perception of money when you were younger and how that maybe transitioned for each yeah. of you? So I grew up, my, um, my dad is from Germany and he was very, you know, he grew up, um, when, you know, before time. So he was very taught me, you save everything. You don't spend, you don't live beyond your means. That's kind of stu- stuck with me through my entire life. I'm still, you know, very conscious of all of that. But, um, I, you know, you, it's, it's interesting t- for me to see, how a lot of people live what, where it's, hey, let's put everything on a credit card. And like when you're when in college, you're 18, how many credit cards are, when you're on campus, there's like every single one trying to get everybody to have a credit card. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody did, you know, mm-hmm. and they started spending, oh, spending, that. spending. And uh, I was just like, <laughs> you need wow. a free bag or free uh, water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you need that free bag or free water bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like, yes, <laughs> free stuff and free money. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> So it was, I, you know, my, um, my dad came over from Germany and my mom grew up in LA and so she, they had very different backgrounds and they moved us to, I grew up all over. I grew up in Hawaii. I grew up in Idaho. I grew up in Oregon. I grew up on a ranch. I grew up, um, you know, on the beach and the mountains. So they moved us around a lot, but one value that they always instilled in both my sister and I was you don't live beyond your means. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, I could, started, uh, went to school. Like I said, the credit card thing, didn't have a credit card. I that wasn't in enough. When I got in, like, you always pay it off. You don't just make, make the responsible. <laughs> so, but it, it, for me, it's interesting because you hear all these people that live off of credit and live beyond their means. And especially right now with the, the pandemic and what we're going through, um, I think there's going to be a huge kind of come to Jesus kind of period where, wow, we can't do that. You know what I mean? There's a there's a whole different avenue of what we're how we're gonna live our lives now, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm glad that my background and my my dad and my mom they really instilled that in me and, and that it stuck with me even to this day. You know, and mm-hmm. and creating and running all the costs with the restaurants and handling labor and financials and getting funding and managing that funding and making sure that it's uh, spent responsibly. And yeah, so I think that's kind of where it came from for me. It's awesome. Probably grew up with different backgrounds, but similar values. Um, mm-hmm. My parents, they had credit cards ultimately as we got older and it kind of became a credit world, but same mm-hmm. thing where they, they would save money to go buy a new vacuum or whatever it was we had. They didn't, yeah. 
they didn't buy it and pay it off later. And my, you know, my mom was always dealing with cash. Like my dad, my dad gave her the grocery money and then she'd have it in her pocket. And that was just like, she, she knew everything meticulously and definitely taught us to save, taught us to work. I mean, I don't remember ever getting an allowance. We had chores and that was just part of the house. <laughs> there was seven kids in my family. So like, you better do some chores. But I used to clean, I used to clean both, both sides of the house had neighbors and I used to clean either one of their houses when I was uh, in high school. And I think I made ten dollars. <laughs> what? But yeah, I used to be a big saver when I was younger. You know, even when you never have any money, you're always worried that you're never going to have any money. So I was definitely always saving in college and and such. And then when I got my first big job, you know, all of a sudden in five months, I've made this big chunk of money mm-hmm. and it's in the bank, and I'm still living like I don't have any money. I remember somebody saying to me one time, like, "Why don't you go?" do this or do that. You have some money now. I'm like, no, what if I never make any money again? (laughs) That is my safety net. You know, Um, obviously relaxed a little bit now. (laughs) I I know I'm going to work again. Yeah. Um, I bought a house a year ago, a new house. And it was one of those things where like I had the option to go and go a bit bigger. And I decided to go with the house that worked for me and my animals. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I get very nervous having huge debts as well. So I think that's always been a thing. Yeah, I think one of the questions you had posed in an email was, what does wealth mean to you? And I think for me, a big part of it is not just, you know, being able to support yourself financially, but being able to sleep at night. And that's being not being overextended and making mm-hmm. sure that you can pay your bills and, um, and still live the life that you want to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, being able to sleep at night and, and, and for me is different than other people. But for me, that's understanding that I'm not going to, be out of money or I'm not going to be able to afford what I need to afford. Yeah. But I want to live now. So that's kind of important. Taking care of your kids and family. And all yeah. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Go, go, go for it, Heidi. I think. Yeah. I mean, when you, the first thing that came to mind when I read that question though, was not, um, it didn't really relate to money so much. It was for me, wealth is, is about your quality of life. Mm-hmm. Right. So that does include your, your bank account as well. I mean, but yeah. it's also the people that you surround yourself with and your family. And if you, you know, you have, you have animals or if you have, you know, it's for me, it's like achieving what I need and want to achieve so that I can live the quality of life that I want. And whether that's, mm-hmm. if I, if I decide I want to live on a yacht, great, but really it comes down to like, who's around me, who, right. you know, do I have good people in my life and do I feel happy every day? Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes yes. I feel happy when I buy a new little jacket, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And it's good to recognize those things. Yeah, for sure. And I I love how, you know, again, like you've, you've obviously, I mean, for both of you, I think that there's always that transition, you know, the growth over time. And like in the beginning stages, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to ever work again. So let me really suck it up, you know, but then also realizing that there's a balance, you know, to these things. When you talk about achieving, um, you know, the life or living the life that you really want, of course, the quality of relationships that you have and all these things. I also noticed that both of you guys are in a very male dominated industry, right? Like for Lisa, if you're in finance, that's very male dominated. And uh, Heidi in stunt world, it's also very male dominated. How did you navigate through those industries and like creating good relationships and connections and establishing yourself in that industry? I mean, I think for me and navigating through that, it was just, I worked my ass off and I made sure that I didn't make any mistakes. And um, I definitely think, 
you walk into a room and it's um, more difficult for a woman because they think that mm -hmm. you're not as smart. I mean, it's just, it's what you can still now, but I think after a while, when you prove yourself, um, I think that, that you gain that respect and then you, you develop those relationships where people want to do things for you because you do things for them. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of whether it be, hey, I'm going to get you this report. I'm going to make sure I'm on top of it right away. And um, they depend on you. So then that allows for the, for your, your world to be easier. Yeah. You can get information easily. You can have people help you more easily. And um, I think that you have to earn the respect. But once you do, I think it, it is. Yeah, for me, um, my mom is she's definitely a bit of a tomboy and so am I and my sisters, you know, we're definitely feminine and girly, but at the same time, like my mom one day in the middle of like my cousins hanging out when I was 15, my cousin's friend came over with like a 450 brand new dirt bike. And my mom walked out and she's like, Hey, let me do that. <laughs> like, no mom. And she's like, Hey, let me get to take that thing for a ride. And she just gets like 50 something. I don't know how old she was. <laughs> she gets on this bike and like wheelies it up the hill and brings it back around. and just like gently wheelied it up the hill. And like, <laughs> Like, you know, she's, she's always been kind of like that and been able to hang with the boys. So for me, it's, I've, I've kind of been like that too. Like I'm, I definitely get along well with, with females, but I, I like to go like, when I was a kid, I would leave in a dress and braids and come back with like one braid in and half me clean and the other half covered in mud and this braid out to here. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a balance of that and masculine yeah. energy. But when I got uh, into the stunt business, which is very heavily male dominant, I mean, I have to say there's a lot more female super, like characters and stuff now and it's, it's obviously it's, it's growing. But I think I had the attitude that I did as an athlete of like, I'm coming into this new place and I want to be the best. Mm. That meant that I didn't want to be the best for a girl. I wanted to be the best in the business. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, uh, so I never looked at it like, well, I'm a woman and I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I looked at it like, I want to be better than all these people. Uh, one day, one of the guys, I forget where we were, someone said something about me. And he goes, well, Heidi Moneymaker? Yeah, she's the best stunt man I know. And I was like, <laughs> actually, not that I want to be a man, but that was like a huge compliment because it yeah. was like, you know, putting me in that yeah. category. So I guess... I guess what we're both saying is like you work your ass off and you be the best and gain that respect. And then what can anyone say? Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. That's so amazing. What has been like probably for you guys just growing up, what's been like the biggest value that you feel like you really gained from your upbringing and like your parents when it comes to working hard? Because it seems like, again, the theme here that I'm really seeing is you guys are such hard workers and you really, you know, do your best. And it's not even like being a, a Heidi said, it's not like, I want to be the best, not woman. I just want to be the best in my industry. So it's almost like you're not even really comparing yourself to others. You're wanting to be the best for yourself, you know? So what's been that value that you feel like you really hold on to? So I think, um, the understanding the concept of roadblocks, if there's a roadblock, how are you going to get over it? You know what I mean? Because every day we come there, every day there's problems. Every day there's, there's, blocks. And, and there's new problems every single day. It's not just in my finance world in my restaurant world. It's in my children being a mom. It's being, you know, navigating through school. It's um, for them. It's uh, navigating through our, our, our business together. And it's never giving up when that roadblock is there and figuring out, Hey, how are you going to, jump above it or go around it or blow it up, I guess, <laughs> in her <Yeah>. world. It's not like, hey, every time I see a roadblock, I'm jumping over it. It takes, sometimes it takes a minute. It's like, mm -hmm. I like, 
okay, I'm, I, I need to take some, some rest, but there's always something in the back of my head that's like, how am I going to figure out? There, there's another way. I'm going to be able to figure out a different way. And I, I do a lot of meditating. I meditate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not, not for, I won't, not necessarily on what I want to happen, but uh, meditating on how the universe can bring uh, opportunity to me to solve um, the roadblock in which mm -hmm. I need to hop over or destroy. You know, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I think, yeah, my parents absolutely are the hardest working people I've ever met. I mean, I remember them having nothing and working for all of us kids to have what we wanted. So obviously I you know, definitely saw that growing up at hard. You, you get where you want to go or where you need to go by working hard. But one of the value I think I took from my upbringing that really helps me in this world is, you know, they just really instilled in us that no matter what, be humble and be kind to everyone. doesn't matter who they are. really doesn't. And that is, that is such a great, I think that first of all, spreading kindness does nothing but make you a better person and a happier person. I feel like it's, it's helped me along in so many ways. And there's so many times when, you know, I see this in my industry all the time. You see people coming onto set and they, they are so nice to the people they think they need to be nice to. And then they're really rude to, you know, people who are working their butts off to make sure that the scene's going well, you know, people that you know, do deserve a lot of respect. And I find that really disgusting. You never know who you're talking to. You could be talking to the producer's son. You don't know. You don't know who somebody is. So even if you're not a nice person, it's a good rule of thumb to be nice to everybody. But I think that was something that I really took from my upbringing is like, you give everybody an equal chance and you're, you're yeah. kind to everybody and it, it comes back, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I love these uh, kind of nuggets that you guys just shared right now because they're they're really, really important to kind of think about, especially like right now we're all having a roadblock. <laughs> you know, the entire world is having a roadblock. How do we how do we navigate through this, you know? And even in that, like trying to figure out, making sure that we're kind to ourselves, you know, as well as being kind to other people um, and, and just knowing that not all of us are always on the same page. You know, a lot of times, especially during this roadblock, right now some people are like go for it learn something new crazy you know and then some people are grieving you know and like knowing that just understanding the two sides and being kind and compassionate for both sides is really important so thanks for sharing that go for it baby. yeah um for both of you guys uh you you wouldn't be where you're at without like a solid team and i, I love your guys story of how you kind of met just kind of almost haphazardly, but there was somebody kind of guiding you both together. But um, how do you both maintain your circles, you know, of, of people that help you in the business world or finance? I would say, you know, I definitely reach, make a, make a point to reach out to other people to um, like, in terms of like restaurant finance, reach out to other people that are have other chains to see what they're doing, to see what works, especially right now. You know, I mean, there's so many um, government aid right now with loans. So it's really important to understand how each financial person um, uh, ahead of these chains is working through it and, um, you know, kind of figuring that out. I have a really great team of women that work with me and um, we, we have weekly meetings and we have a uh, little zoom meetings now, but, um, yeah. we, we did, we would take once a month, we'd take retreats and go up and hike and move together and kind of do similar things like this in terms of how we're feeling and what, um, what's working for us, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you know, nobody gets anywhere without their team and whether that team evolves as they move up or stays the same, um, you know, we, we should all, you know, there's no one single person sitting out there that achieved everything on their own. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to, to, to talk about the team. I think, um, for me, my first, first team members, you know, Elisa's obviously my business partner and one of my best friends. Um, and luckily, you know, we're kind of quarantined together. So we have the opportunity right now to, <laughs> to train and to, we have a new, uh, we're launching a new app and a new program. So we've been really had the time to work on that, which is really nice. Um, and we generally are, when we're both busy in our other circles of life, we get together as often as possible, but usually it's just a train. Just how mm -hmm. it's <laughs> because uh, yeah. it's so important to us we, to keep our heads straight and everything. Mm -hmm. So that's how my circle with Lisa is maintained. Um, my sister Renee Moneymaker is also a stunt woman and luckily has moved down to LA and lives here and we um, co-parent our niece Rosie. Mm -hmm. And so that's a family circle, but it's also, she's a big part of my, you know, film circle, I guess. Um, we are very supportive of each other, always talking on the phone, always training together, always helping each other through, you know, uh, roadblocks as Lisa was talking about, um, and happy, happy times too. And then we have, I'm part of an action design team called 8711 Action Design, and there's a whole team of directors and um, choreographers and stunt coordinators and, and fight team members that are within that team and usually the way we keep that circle going is either if we're in whoever's in town goes and we train or work together in LA in our fight school and work with actors and get ready for films and stuff if we're on location you know we're training together and working together um, and sort of spending time together outside of that it's actually been really hard right now for us mm -hmm. because that's a very physical world. That's like a, you know, we're doing jujitsu and grabbing each other and throwing like a fight scene. You're touching each other. You're in each other's space. It's not like at least I can go for a run and we're, yeah. we wear a mask and be, you know, have kind of still maintain that. So usually that circle for me is really tight and it's where I go. It's what I do. It's my outlet. And it's it, those guys and that team, those gals, they, are, they have kept me rolling through everything for the last like, almost 20 years. So it has been very hard right now because we're not doing Zoom meetings or what whatnot, you know. Can't do uh, Zoom jujitsu. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Um, I think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is doing something online. <laughs> um, yeah, jujitsu does online courses and stuff, which it's, you know, jujitsu, you have to have a partner usually, but yeah. anyway. Um, there's, there's solo stuff you can do, but it's, it's really, it is about the art of training, but it's also about the connection of community. So yeah, yeah that circles, that circles kind of like a straight line right now. Yeah. <laughs> Back soon. Yeah. Can you guys talk a little bit about Fierce Lotus and why, why the name Lotus? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. When we first decided to start our business, we're just going to write down every single word we can think of that that we are attracted to that we feel like, you know, describes us, describes what we want to do. And ultimately we'll figure out, you know, which words want to come together. And I think for us, we really, we love the idea of the lotus flower and how hard its journey it is. It mm -hmm. starts this little bud at the bottom of a murky lake and it's never supposed to make its way up, but somehow it fights and fights and fights and makes its way to the sunlight so it can grow and become this beautiful flower that you see. So for us, the lotus flower is is monumental because it, not only is it beauty and represents kind of like yoga and calm and stillness, especially mm -hmm. sitting on the water, but it represents like a gnarly journey to get 
to that enlightenment. Mm -hmm. The fierce comes from her and I just, I mean, if I think about us training, I think about us in a kickboxing gym, just wailing on kicking pads. I mean, we're just like <laughs> the energy and the fire when it comes to training. Um, and so these two words together for us, yeah, just really embodied everything that we wanted to be as a company. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Great. And what are you looking to share with your clients and who are you kind of going after? Well, right now our our warriors are kind of in the 25 to 40 range they are you know most of them have done some sort of fitness and stuff in the past you know basically we have this fun kind of like film fight based workout protocol uh template for a couple of different workouts and so we we basically what we want is to create that little community with them we want them to get this little niche it's not just like okay we're going to do hit workouts and this and that's like, hey, we're going to teach you fight choreography and we're going to yeah. bring you into our world a little bit. So that's kind of, that's kind of what we want, especially now we're, we started, we're starting a program and we're actually doing a live, we're going to do live uh, workouts on our app because we mm -hmm. want to engage more and we want to bring yeah. the community in more with all of this crazy separation. So yeah, for us, it's about building that little community. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, fitness is the fitness market so saturated. You have so many different mm -hmm. kinds of workouts out there and everybody's, you know, with, with most people's goal is to feel, you know, lose weight and feel, feel great for us. You know, the fight choreography, we call it conscious cardio because you have to think while you're doing huh. something. So you're putting, you know, different punches and kicks together. So you're actually thinking, and then we have another, um, then, then we also incorporate unconscious cardio where it's just fitness you know burpees and squat yeah. jumps things like that and then we have um the sculpting so so we have the muscle building the cardio and then the yoga and we have always thought that those three elements of fitness is what's going to really transform your body and um we that's how our workout kind of came into yeah i always remember this quote and i forget it's terrible i forget who, who originally said this but it's you know People don't remember what you did. They remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And so for us too, it's like, yes, we have a really fun workout. It is very um, effective, but really we're trying to bring people in and, and make them feel a part of a group. Cause I, I'm really, like I said earlier, my circle is like a line right now. I'm missing my group. So that's kind of got great, a great program, but it's really about like bringing people in and letting them be involved, you know? Yeah. I think there's something to that. Like as far as like you, you're really building a community, but also I love that your workout is not just any workout, right? Because as you said, the fitness industry is very, very uh, saturated. And I know for myself, I don't like going to the gym just to go to the gym. I'm like, can you give me something where I'm actually, it's, it's a function. Like I want to have like a function in my workout. So for me, if I'm making sure that like for me as an aerialist, making sure that my workouts complement my training as an aerialist, that's what I want to do. You know, um, I, I, I met Heidi through 8711. I don't know if you remember, but I met, when I met you, actually, I was the first thing that I thought of Heidi was like, oh my gosh, she's so nice. Literally, that's the first thing that I thought. And it's funny that you say that when you said earlier that um, just be kind and humble, because when I first met you, that was the first thing that I said. So I was just like, oh, she's so nice. <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to like training, like same thing, like, I, I want to train fighting. Why not train in a really awesome way through like working out instead of just like regular exercises. So I just want to say thank you for doing that. Cause that's really awesome. Join us. <laughs> and uh, as far as the community is concerned, like I know you're building your community for the fierce Lotus. What other parts of your life or your community that you love kind of serving into or giving into? 
you started talking about things that we wanted to do and something that we were both very, very, very interested in help was, uh, was childhood obesity it was a big deal for both of us. And, yeah. you know, we struggle to this day to figure out how to make a mark there because at one point we had talked about doing kind of like a couple of weeks where you basically, you know, bring the, drop the kids off. We teach them a lot about nutrition. We teach them about you know, fitness in a fun way and kind of get them going. But we realized that that's only going to help them this far because they're going to go home. And unless you get the parents going on board, yeah. unless the parents can afford to, to do the things that need to be done in order to help their kids and are willing to do it, you really have a hard time with it. So we're still trying to figure out a way to be involved mm. in that world. Um, there's a couple of charities and stuff out there, but I don't, I don't know that I, I really know that they're doing much. Yeah. You know, that's so really for us, that's, that's where we're, yeah, that's something we're trying to do. Yeah. Like I said, we haven't figured it out yet, um, yeah. but we're working on it. That's awesome. I mean, that's the start. You know, it's always about like you have that intention and a passion towards a cost, right? And I mean, so a lot of these things sometimes take time, you know, to really develop. But I love that you guys are conscious about that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think too, it's it's a matter of the the education and the knowledge and just with those kids. Because I see it too. Like I had a, um, a studio back in New York for quite a few years. And eventually I kind of ended up mm-hmm. in California. The same thing too. Like I, I appreciate that, that site because you're like ah like you know is it diet is it exercise is it motivation is it you know have you been through something you know Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of us know like the physical fitness like releases all that stress and you just feel better and like you know everybody hates going to the gym but nobody really minds once you're at the gym like and after yeah and after you know but that that (laughs) that, um obstacle as you said earlier Lisa with the roadblocks with the roadblocks like being able to get over that hurdle, whatever it is, that's a huge piece. Do either of you, or well, can both of you maybe share like three tips that anybody uh, would be able to kind of start implementing in their in their lives on a daily basis? I think I think one tip: wake up every day and worry about your side of the street. So that means <laughs> not not thinking about what someone else can do for you or what you know. I think that's that's one of the key. One, one key tip that I could give, I try and tell my kids that, you know, it's like, wake up and what, not only what you can do for other people, but just how you interact with everybody, worrying about your side of the street in terms of your body, in terms of how am I going to stay fit today? How am I going to, um, especially where we're at right now, like, what am I going to do today that's going to make, make sure that I'm, I'm doing the best that I can for my body, for my family, for everybody else. And it doesn't matter what, what they're doing. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just worrying about what I can do for them or, or for myself. Yeah. It impacts them, you know? Yeah, I think for sure. I think something that was a giant marker in my lifetime was um, 96 would have been my Olympic year. And like I said, I had this dream my whole life. I wanted to go to the Olympics. And I got close to that time. And I basically told my coach that year, I was like, I want to, but I already got my scholarship. I don't think I'm going to make this team. I don't like I'm stressed senior year. I don't want to go through. I don't want to spend this next year going through the lengths that I have to go through to get to that place. So I just want to compete this one level down, do really well, take my scholarship, whatnot. And really what that was, was self-doubt. It was going to be a lot of hard work, but it was, it was self-doubt is like, I'm finally here and I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it. And I probably wouldn't have made it. Um, However, I saw a couple of girls make that team that I've been competing with you know, most of my life. And it kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, but you, you know, you made the choice not to, to give all the effort you possibly had because you thought you probably wouldn't make that team. 
And it changed things for me for forever. I was like, you know what? If you believe, like, I don't want to miss out on something because I decided that maybe I I won't make it or I'm not good enough for it. So from that moment on, I was just like, there are no limits anymore. There's, I'm never, ever going to doubt myself. And if, so what? Mm -hmm. I think for me, long story short, is that if you want something, you just really have to find a way to believe yourself into it. Okay. So you have to make here, here's my target. I'm going to throw my arrow or throw my dart at this target. My, my coach at UCLA used to make this analogy that you can either draw a target on the wall and aim for it and throw your dart at it, or you can throw the dart and then draw a target wherever it landed being like, Oh yeah, I just, (laughs) I wanted to go there. You know, it's like, you really, you really have to, you have to go for things, but you have to believe you can do it and you have to, you have to give yourself that opportunity. So for me, that's, that's a big one. And, And I think one more tip for me would be, um, I, I love Tony Robbins. And one thing that um, resonated with me when I was listening to him was he said, what makes people happy? And one thing that makes people happy is the progress that they make every day. And so if you wake up and you're making progress in some, some form, then that'll make you happy. And that could be just making your bed in the, in the morning. Because I mean, right now it's, it's difficult to make progress. I mean, people are losing their jobs. They can't go to the gym. They can't go out and do with a lot of the things that they want to do. So get up, make your bed get up and take a walk or get up and do 10 push-ups and do 10 sit-ups. Like there's to do something that you can actually feel, Hey, you know what? I did that today and I feel good about it. Yeah. yeah going along with that for me, I had a couple of head injuries um, over the years doing stunts and um, some of them like were a bit serious for a little while, like, you know, not great. And so I had a hard time with my brain and a hard time. I would get overwhelmed very easily. So if I had had these tasks to do, nor- normally I'd look at it and be like, done, you know, like one, two, three, bam, bam. (laughs) In that time, it was so overwhelming to look at where I needed to go that I had to meticulously just think about the thing that I had to do right here. Mm. Like what about Bob the movie? Baby steps, getting to the next place, baby steps, getting to the next place. And I have since healed hundred percent feel great, but I still use that because Mm. you know, when you're trying to build a huge company, when you're trying to achieve a giant goal, if you keep looking at that thing that's so far away, you tend to feel the distance, but if you go, okay, I know I'm going there. Here's my halfway marker. Here's the things that I have to do to get there. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to step here. And then another thing I do with that every day is I make myself look back at what I did that day. Even if it's just like, I got the house clean and made sure the dogs went on a walk. I mean, maybe that's all I could do that day, but I have to give myself credit for what I did achieve. So I think a lot of times we don't look at what we've already achieved and we freak out about everything we haven't done. You know? Yeah. So that's really little, good. Little wins. Yeah. yeah. One thing awesome. I know, one thing to piggyback on that is I've, I've been looking back at my phone cause we all like kind of keep a snapshot journal of our life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sometimes you forget like, Oh my God, I forgot I did this. This was awesome. You know, there's little, little victories are yeah. sometimes hidden closer than you think. Yeah. And, uh, going back and revisiting, that's a really good tip. Like yeah. I like those too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all those with us. It's just been such an awesome chat. We are down to our quick 10 rapid fire questions. Because there's two of you guys. One will have uh, more time to think. So we'll go with Lisa and then Heidi and then Heidi and then Lisa and Lisa and Heidi. So that, you know, we, we, yeah, here we go. All right. Are you guys ready? They're ready. I love this. <laughs> okay. No, we have a workout, guys. We're full yeah. energy. Yeah. First to 100 push-ups. Go. Wow. Go. <laughs> All right. Number one, if you could choose one book to live by, what would it be? Wow, that's a yeah, – I've had time to think about that. <laughs> book to live by. The Balanced Warrior. <laughs> that's our book. Check. <laughs> okay, Balanced Warrior. Is that – wait – 
That's the book we wrote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I think I saw that. <laughs> okay, Heidi, go for it. I mean, it's hard to say live by, but definitely The Alchemist is, mm. is a book that I feel like resonates a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. Yeah, All right, Heidi and Lisa. Uh, your personal hero, Living Deceased, someone you know or maybe don't know. Linda Hamilton, Terminator 2. Hey. <laughs> so my vision board always every year. <laughs> um, living or deceased. I love Tony Robbins. Yeah. We were supposed to see him this uh, last month. Last but month, it yeah. got, oh, really? got yeah, we yeah, had delayed. Exactly. Delayed. So we one of his oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. we'll be going to later on. Yeah. So number, yeah, number three. The one thing you intentionally have to do every single day. Oh, uh, work out. <laughs> work out. All right. The one thing I have to do every day. Uh, yeah, I guess work out. <laughs> I was gonna say right. day off, so I felt like I was cheating to say like you take a day off, but yeah, some sort of physical activity. Sweat. I, sure. I have to sweat some some sweat some. Mm. Yeah. 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 Sunday and I couldn't go to sleep till 3 30 in the morning. So yeah, it's workout. That's awesome. <laughs> uh one hobby that brings you the most joy. Playing with my dogs. Fur babies. <laughs> Fur babies. Yeah, totally. I enjoy jumping on we have an in-ground um in-ground trampoline. And <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is your answer. <laughs> I enjoy jumping on it with my boys because it's so awesome. And we talk and we do flips and then but I really enjoy that time. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> okay. Uh number five, we'll go with Lisa first. Most rewarding thing you've done for someone in need. Probably when my sis sister, uh, she's a breast cancer survivor. So I'm um, just being there for her through that whole experience. It was a good, you know, two-year journey. But um, being there for her was definitely empowering, and um, I felt good about it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I think probably becoming a guardian to my niece and move, having her move in with myself and my sister. Um, it's super, it's been challenging, but also the most amazing thing ever and like a ginormous gift. You know? Yeah, it's awesome. She's, she's a blessed sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never, she's part of our fierce team. Yeah, she's, she's, on our, she's got work up on our side and everything now. So. <laughs> That's amazing. That's cool. Number six is uh, first movie quote that comes to mind. Uh, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Hello to my little friend. Oh, okay. I don't know. This one's, I don't know this one. I couldn't think of a second one. That was just the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't yeah. know. I'll pass on that. <laughs> okay, we'll give you a free pass today. Get out of jail card. <laughs> All right. Last big purchase you made for yourself. Big purchase? Interesting because like right now, like no one's really making any big purchases. <laughs> Yeah, we're not making. I mean, I, I feel really. We, we spent I, we spend probably a lot of money on workout wear, and we just did a photo shoot. But yeah. I mean, that's probably and that makes it's us feel really expense. good. So yeah, it was probably our photographer because she's awesome. Yeah, it was a great shoot. So nice. Number eight is a food you cannot live without. Berries. I would say. Either kale or spinach. <laughs> I feel like I gotta have the greens. I love that you guys have the healthiest answers so far. None of our guests we have had, said like, anything. Butter, uh, chicken wings, chicken wings, everything else. I love, yeah, 
You know what? Great. We're not like I love food, and obviously she's got restaurants and they have delicious food. Yeah. Like, we're not foodies, like yeah. That's great. I was uh, Heidi. I was waiting for you to say uh, tuna in a can because I read oh, an article about you uh, uh, when you were, I guess, back in your uh, gymnastics training days that you would eat tuna in a can with no mayonnaise. Yeah, we travel. <laughs> when we travel, the girl like this one girl on our team was like eating like fried chicken and whatever. My coach is like, "What? Look at this! Like Heidi's eating tuna out of a can, drinking carrot juice, and you're eating carrot chicken." But yeah, I kind of like at a young age. Obviously, being a gymnast, you have to be very careful with what you mm-hmm. eat. I just started looking at food as fuel. And I know that my, and my dad was very big into health, used to juice for us and everything. So I knew the difference from when I was juicing and eating healthy, how much better I was in the gym than yeah. when I wasn't. And so for me, that's that, I, I mean, I, I can literally, I look at sugar and I, I see cancer, Yeah. you know, like I just, I've made myself think that way. So yeah. like, not that I don't ever eat anything sugary and I do love red wine and I drink red wine. Two more questions. Uh, what is your spirit animal? Unicorn. Unicorn. Both? Okay. I love that. Easy enough. Both of them. (laughs) And number 10 is uh, finish this sentence. If I'm stuck on an island by myself, dot, dot, dot. I'll be drinking a lot of coconut water. (laughs) I love that. You're probably going to climb the tree and grab the coconut yourself. (laughs) Coconut hut. (laughs) I'd be be, uh, swimming. Swimming. Okay. Nice. Awesome. Are we stuck on the island by ourselves forever, or we just do we just get to go to an island by ourselves for a week? Because there's different ways I would answer that. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like imagine like a castaway moment. You've got it all. Oh, yeah, that. I would definitely need to find myself a Wilson. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us here today. Um, where can our listeners find out more about you? And another parting question is, if you were to encourage our listeners to serve or give into something, what would you encourage them to do or look into? As far as what would I encourage your listeners to to do to serve, right now, I would just say reach out to your community, reach out to your circle, reach out to your friends, whether that's a text, a Zoom, whatever, because I feel like a lot more people are hurting and having a hard time than, than they're able to tell, you know, there's no, there's nowhere to go. There's no one to talk to. There's no, nothing to do. So for me right now, I think the best thing you can do yeah. is reach out um, yeah. to everybody. <laughs> um, and then we're big Instagrammers. So Fierce Lotus is our Instagram account. We also just started a YouTube page, Fierce Lotus Fitness, and we're putting up a lot of workouts and we'll be doing some live stuff through there. Uh, and then our website is fiercelotus.com. And in a couple of weeks, we'll have an app. Yeah, Yay. Uh, FL Fit for Fierce Lotus Fitness, and you can find it on Google Play or the App Store. And we'll do it. We're gonna do all our Action Star live videos through that. So perfect, right. awesome. Well, thank you guys so well, much for having you. us. Yeah, thank you. It was really fun. fun. Yeah, thank you. Cool. <laughs> all right, take care. Bye. That was a great episode with Lisa Newman and Heidi Moneymaker. I think what I really love is how they really put an emphasis on, especially being women and being successful in a field that's predominantly men. I love how they said that they really worked hard to be the best at what they do. And it's not even about working hard to be competitive with others, but really just being the best version of themselves. And I think that's what really matters is to be the best version of yourself, no matter what your environment is, no matter what your atmosphere is. I think I took away more like the, your wealth is in your health and the better your health is, the longer you're going to live, the more you can provide, the more you can do things for people. And I really like Heidi's talk on that food is a fuel. So if you look at it that way, I think everybody could appreciate handling their food, their meals, their diet uh, so much better. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, get in shape, get ripped, get cut, all that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. <laughs> they are ripped and they are cut. <laughs> well, next week, don't forget to tune in to another another powerhouse woman, Leah O'Brien Amico, who is a collegiate athlete and also a three-time Olympian uh, playing softball. So can't wait for you guys to tune in next week. And don't forget that we are still running our book giveaway and $25 gift card certificate to Amazon. And so check out our website, wildlywealthylife.com for details on how to enter. And also you can check it out on Instagram, Wildly Wealthy Life, or on our YouTube, Wildly Wealthy Life. Wildly Wealthy Life. Wildly Wealthy Life. Twitter, Instagram. Everything. Spotify. <laughs> Everything. ITunes. So just check it out because it's going to be awesome books. Six lucky winners will get a book and a $25 gift card. What's a website they could go to? Oh, Wildly Wealthy Life. Dot com? <laughs> yes. Not dot io, dot net, dot org, that everything else, just dot com. All right. Let's All do right. it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wildly Wealthy Life. We hope that this episode has helped you take another step towards living fully, giving freely, and building a legacy that deeply impacts your community. We'd love to hear what you think about today's show. Please leave us a review or like us on iTunes and YouTube and click the subscribe button so you won't miss a show. You can also visit us at wildlywealthylife.com for today's show notes. See you on our next episode. Thank you and may you live a wildly wealthy life.